Hi, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. I can't believe it's already December. I put all my Christmas decorations up over the weekend and even got some Christmas shopping done. But if you're like me and are still planning on making some handmade gifts, you'll love the ideas we share on this week's episode. We'll also be sharing ideas for organizing using basic office supplies, perfect for any last-minute things you're stashing away before company comes. We'll also be giving fast finish ideas for any holiday quilts or UFOs you're trying to complete before the end of the year. And on Getting Social, we chat with Holly Lisway of Maker Valley, who talks about the evolution of her business and tips for scrappy quilts. So let's dive in. This is the time of year where us quilters start to panic about making handmade gifts for everyone on our lists. Yes, we always try to start early, and some years we actually do, but December comes too soon, and we need to turn our sewing rooms into Santa's workshop to finish everything in time. I'm here with Elizabeth Stumbo, the art director of American Patchwork and Quilting, who has some great ideas for gifts that you can make in multiples, as well as some ways to add handmade touches to store-bought packages. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. So for many of us, the holidays can be both a joyful and a stressful time of year, especially when it comes to finding the perfect gift for everyone on our list. I think what we all really want around the holidays is more time to spend enjoying the festivities, creating meaningful memories, or if you're like me, just more time to watch Christmas movies and drink eggnog. (laughs) So giving something handmade doesn't have to be time consuming or costly to still be meaningful. We have a couple of suggestions to help get you started. So first things first, let's chat about what type of projects are best for sewing for those on your list, because not all are something you should tackle right before Christmas. (laughs) This isn't the time to try something new or be super adventurous. (laughs) I always like to choose a simple sewing project that's easy to make in multiples. So that usually involves a project with simple piecing, especially something that you can chain piece, which is such a time saver. I also look for a project that I already own the supplies for, because the last thing I want to do is have to rush out and buy a specialty ruler or special embellishments when the stores are already busy this time of year with the holiday shoppers. And it's also a good idea to choose a project that's easy to personalize for the recipient through your fabric choices. So you can consider their favorite color or pick a fabric motif that reminds you of them. That way you can make many gifts at a time with just a few hours in your sewing room. Exactly. So sometimes at the beginning of the year, I'm a little too ambitious and I'll see a great handmade gift idea, uh, but it would take a little too long to make so many of, especially if I'm just starting to sew in December. So what are some ideas for these fast to make gifts? So I love to stock up on hostess gifts because you never know when you'll need something special to bring to a holiday party, a dinner, or an unexpected event. So you can personalize these like store-bought tea towels with holiday fusible applique, or you can um, sew mini charm squares together and add some rickrack to the edge of one of the towels. You can also make a simple set of coasters using fabric that matches the recipient's decor or the season. And we know that our readers love to make wine wraps to make bottles of wine seem that much more special. Yes, so a few years ago, we came out with a basic wine wrap pattern using holiday fabrics, and it was so popular that we actually came out with a new version for this Christmas. So our new pattern, which is free online, has a cute foundation pieced tree block. 
So I personally love bringing a bottle of wine to a party, but this simple wrap really elevates the gift, and it's something that they can use for years to come. That's right. It's so cute. I love it. Another great gift I love that doesn't require too much work is to use pre-cut 10-inch squares, or I can cut a 10-inch square and then pink the edges so it doesn't fray. Then you can wrap the fabric around the base of a small potted plant and then tie a scrap of ribbon or rickrack snugly around the pot to secure. This is such a great last minute idea because you can buy succulents or aloe plants in bulk to pot. But it would also be a cute decoration for a place setting. So if you're hosting for the holidays, guests can then take the plant home when they're done eating. I love that, especially because... I mean, I love the look of succulents, but I just think it's a fun way to decorate your table. Yeah. And then to use, add the little bit of fabric to it, because how would you even begin to wrap a succulent or a plant? So adding a little bit of fabric around the base of the pot just makes it really festive. Yes. So let's switch gears a little bit from gifting for those who probably don't sew to those that do. So if you belong to a quilting group such as a guild, the pressure is on to give a well-made and cute handmade item. So pin cushions or needle holders are quick to make and are very useful for any sewer in your life. And you can even personalize the fabrics with those you know the recipient will love. Another very popular pattern on our website is a thread catcher bag, which is like uh, the one our pattern is small. It's three by seven inches. It's a fabric bin that quilters can throw their threads and scraps into while they're working. They're very cute and they'd be easy to just make for your whole quilting group. That'd be such a great idea. And then if you're making gifts for people who need to relax during the holidays, especially people like teachers or moms, even college (laughs) students, you can try making little spa packages. So you could sew together a really easy eye mask, um, and then you could fill it with lavender, which would be really soothing, or you could do a microwavable heating pad filled with rice. You can even pair them with little soaps, lotions, or bath salts to make it extra special. Those are great ideas. I would be happy if I got one of those too. Me too. (laughs) So now let's talk about how to add handmade touches to store-bought items, because sometimes you just don't have the time to make gifts, but you still can add special touches to let the recipient know that you put in a little extra effort. So if you have cute holiday fabric, you can fussy cut a square or rectangle and then fuse it to a second piece of fabric. Then just trim the edges with a pinking shear and punch a hole in the top for a fun gift tag to add to your packages. Or if you're low on ribbons and bows, you can use fabric salvages or small strips of holiday fabric to tie up your packages. Yeah, I love that idea if you're making a handmade quilt to use a salvage from one of the fabrics you used for the quilt to tie it up. I think it's just like a little meaningful. Yeah, and it's kind of like giving them a little hint about what's inside. Yeah. If you're sending holiday cards this year, you can take pictures of your holiday quilts, then use those images as the front of custom printed cards. So many online printers, such as Shutterfly and Postable, allow you to add your own photos to cards. That's such a cute idea. And we also know that gift cards are a popular item to give around the holidays, but can sometimes feel a little bit impersonal. So to make them feel a little more special, you could sew a quick gift card holder out of fabric or felt. We have several adorable patterns for gift card holders um, available for free on our website. So Elizabeth, do you have a go-to handmade gift 
or like a favorite one you've ever made? Yeah, a couple of years ago, I made some festive pot holders for my aunts. And these were really quick to make. They allowed me to use some small scraps of holiday fabric that I loved. And then I could also practice some machine quilting skills on them. Um, so, and who doesn't need more pot holders, right? Exactly. So my aunt actually told me that although it has holiday fabric on the pot holder, she still uses hers year round. So um, that was a really fun handmade gift I made one year. What about you, Lindsay? So I love making soup bowl cozies to heat up bowls of food in the microwave without burning your fingers. I feel like I've made hundreds of these over the years, and I usually pair it with a package of like a dried soup mix, and everyone loves them. I was a recipient of one of these soup bowls, (laughs) and I feel very lucky um, to have it, and I love using it. Yeah, I always feel pressure when I'm gifting to all of you co-workers because we're all quilters to make something really nicely handmade. So I have uh, special gifts this year. I've been working on all year round because I started early. So oh, nice job. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I need to start working on these. <laughs> so hopefully all of these ideas help you with your handmade gifts this year. We have free patterns for many of the ideas we talked about today, plus many more. So visit our show notes for all of the links. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks, Lindsay. We'll be back after this quick ad break. I'm back with Elizabeth for Get Organized, a segment where we give storage tips for your sewing space. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Lindsay. So I'm back today to talk about some more unexpected storage solutions. So as you might know, Lindsay, one of my favorite things to shop for are office supplies. Growing up, I would impatiently wait for the school supplies list to be distributed so I could start planning all of my back-to-school supply purchases. And this has definitely continued into adulthood. I love finding office supplies to keep my workspace tidy, and the same goes for my sewing space. When used in unexpected ways, many office supplies can also help to organize our sewing spaces. And today I have five inexpensive and easy to find office supply products that offer simple but effective storage solutions. The first product are simple cable wraps. These bendy ties are not just handy for keeping extension cords tidy, but they are also helpful at keeping your unused binding secure. So after prepping your binding, you can simply fold the binding into a tidy bundle and then wrap the cable tie around it to secure to keep it from unraveling. I like to prep my binding at the same time I cut the rest of my fabric so it is ready to attach as soon as I get my quilt back from the quilter. And this trick really helps to keep my binding organized until I'm ready to stitch it to my quilt. I love those Velcro ones. Yes, those are really handy. They're my favorite. I have one on my ironing cord, too, like all my machine cords, because you can just wrap it up whenever you need to yeah. travel, and it is already connected to your cords. I have them on, like, everything in my house. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> and next up is a clipboard box, which is great if you love on-the-go handwork and also applique projects. The top of the clipboard box makes a handy surface for tracing patterns, and then you can store the rest of your supplies like pencils, little scissor snips, paper, and fabrics inside the box, and that just keeps all of your supplies organized and easy to transport. I love it. Yeah. And then another handy product to use if you like applique is an expandable coupon organizer or an accordion file folder. So after you cut out all of your applique shapes, you can quickly sort and then store them in the individual pockets. Just be sure to add a label to each pocket with the block name for easy reference. And I love to use this method for my wool applique projects especially. It's just a great way to keep all those tiny pieces safe and sorted. And then to keep your marking tools and rulers within easy reach on your desk, I recommend using a flexible silicone grip grass. 
Now, this is a kind of a unique product, and it's originally intended for corralling your pens and pencils on your desk. But its flexible pegs also allow for you to store plastic rulers and templates upright. And one of my favorite office supply companies is Poppin. It's P-O-P-P-I-N. And it's a, you can find them at a lot of the big box stores, and Container Store has them as well. And they offer these silicone grip grasses in tons of really trendy colors, so you can be sure to find one to match your sewing space. The last office supply product to help keep you organized are baseball trading card sleeves. You can organize and store fabric swatches for multiple in-progress projects on one sheet. The clear pockets make the swatches easy to see and match fabrics to you quickly. The sheets can be stored in a three-ring binder, and then when you're ready to go shop for coordinating fabrics, the sleeves easily fold into a compact size that slip into a bag or purse. So if you give any of these ideas a try or have storage solutions of your own to share, we want to know about them. Email your original tips to us at apqtips at meredith.com. Next is Reader Tips, a segment where we share your best advice to common quilting struggles. This week, we're sharing some great gift ideas or some fun things to do during the holidays, and we think the ones submitted are very fun. So the first tip comes from Carol Metz of Grass Lake, Michigan, and she says, When I give a quilt as a gift, I deliver it in a photo box or tote bag that matches the occasion of the quilt. I use a salvage from the project for the ribbon. If I can't find a suitable box or tote, I select a Christmas ornament that matches the quilt. I like to think that the recipients will think of the love that went into their quilts when they are arranging their photos, shopping, or decorating for the holidays. I love those extra little touches. This next tip is from Debbie Rowland of Cherville, Indiana. She says, When I give a quilt as a gift, I make a set of pillowcases to go with it. Sometimes I make the pillowcases out of material left over from the quilt. Other times I purchase additional fabric and coordinating colors. I love this idea. You're giving a whole bed set for them so that their quilt matches their pillowcases. That's perfect. Nancy Kestad of Johnstown, New York says, I asked family members who are potential quilt recipients to write lists of their 10 favorite things. As I travel and visit different cities and quilt shops, I buy fabric, some novelty, some not, to suit the different individuals. This is a fun way to add to my stash and causes me to look at and use fabric I might not otherwise. This is so fun that you collect these and that the quilts that you make from these fabrics have little stories that go with them about your travels. So Lorraine Beers of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania says, I cut my leftover batting into one inch wide strips, then roll the strips into balls. This does not require glues, pins, or sewing. I just tuck the ends in as I wrap. After the excitement of opening Christmas presents dies down, the entire family uses the batting balls for an indoor snowball fight. When we finish, we collect the balls to use again next year. This is such a fun idea and a great use for those batting scraps. Sarah Agnor of Franklin, New Jersey says, I save and store the snippets of rayon thread from my machine embroidery projects. Before the holidays arrive, I purchase clear ornaments at craft stores and put the thread pieces and strands of metallic thread into an ornament that serves as a memento of the projects I worked on throughout the year. If I have a lot of thread, I make ornaments to give as gifts as well. 
I love that idea. You could even do that with little fabric scraps from your quilts instead of thread if you don't do machine embroidery. I loved hearing all these tips, and I think I'm going to put some of these to use during my holiday this year. So if you're interested in submitting your own tip for a feature in our magazines or on the podcast, you can send an email of your tip to apqtips at meredith.com. Next is our UFO challenge segment, where we address common finishing problems so you can complete your UFOs. So I'm here with Doris Brunette, the editor of Quilt Sampler, and what are you sharing with us today, Doris? Well, last month, Lindsay, I chatted with you about considering projects that are on your UFO list for potential gift ideas and how to eke in a little bit of sewing time here and there during the busy times of the holidays. But what if you're really crunched for time and you've been (laughs) trying, you have something that you've been working on and was planning to finish up for the holidays? Um, Maybe you were able to finish up your son's quilt top, but your long arm quilter's already booked up has happened to me in the oh, past no. for <laughs> quilts. Or you get your mother's throw quilt quilted, but it's two days before you're going to see her and it still has to be bound. Today I want to share some fast finish ideas that might help. If you usually pin baste your quilts, consider using basting spray instead. Pin basting takes forever, at least it does for me. Yeah, me too. Um, and I usually have to take a break during it too. But then, And not only that, but then you have to pull all the pins out after you do the quilting, what's left in it. So getting a can of basting spray and making quick work of this step, it it's, works great. I've never had a problem using it. It washes out easily when you launder the quilt. So um, it's just a quick, fast way of getting that basting step done. For quilting the project, consider tying it. The traditional way of tying a quilt is to tie it by hand, but there's tutorials online for doing this by machine. Hmm. Uh, I haven't done it by machine, but it might be worth a try. I'm going to check it out, yeah. There's tutorials on there, and they looked pretty interesting. So using pretty colors of floss or pearl cotton or yarn to hand tie a quilt can add a fun design element to it, and it lasts a lot longer than you think. I have a couple of vintage tied quilts at home that are nearly 100 years old, and the ties, the batting, and the fabrics are still intact. And wow. you can tell they were well-used quilts. <laughs> Another tip is to just quilt it simply with your machine, such as doing straight lines or a grid. Start with lines up to four inches apart, or whatever the max is according to the batting manufacturer's guidelines. After you've covered the entire quilt, you can always go back in and add more lines that are closer together if you wish to. Um, the reason I recommend you don't start with, with lines an inch apart um, is that once you start with that measurement, you're committed to that measurement. So you'll find it a lot easier, quicker to quilt a um, quilt using a four inch grid versus a one inch grid. And I've done this before with matchstick quilting. Once you start and you get your lines so close together, you got to keep going. (laughs) You don't want to rip out all that quilting. Yeah. And, and there are some battings that call for quilting up to eight inches apart. So if you're really in a hurry and you know, you're just going to do some far apart lines or even ties, like you're saying, you could look for that batting that has that. Seek out that batting and a lot of local shops will carry that anyway. So it's easy to get your hands on Mm -hmm. too. Um, another quick quilting idea is to use uh, free-form wavy lines um, in either one direction or multiple directions on your quilts. And because it's free-form, you don't have to be precise, and you won't need to take time to measure, and you won't have to worry about it looking off to you. Some people don't like the free-form thing. Be a little more particular about your quilting. That's okay if it's not your taste. You can try the serpentine stitch on your sewing machine. Basically, any sewing machine that has any decorative stitches will have a serpentine stitch. It's just kind of that wavy snake-like looking stitch. Just lengthen and widen it to um, fit your taste. Practice a little bit on a 
little quilt sandwich um, to try it out and then quilt those wavy lines at regular intervals. Um, again, I'd start with the lines a few inches apart instead of really close together in case it takes longer than you think to get it stitched. Um, and you can always go back and fill in with more of the wavy lines in between so it looks a little more densely quilted if that's what you prefer. The serpentine stitch is my favorite stitch on my machine and I have a very basic one so you might have it and not even have known that's right. what it was for but it looks it looks right. fancy and you don't have to do any <laughs> yeah, extra work. exactly <laughs> and you really if you do have the option of playing around with the width and that um, on your machine which most of them will have that option you can get a really nice look. Yep. And, uh, almost looks like it's been um, long arm professionally quilted. Mm -hmm. so. Then I know a lot of quilters that will only finish their binding by hand. I was the same way until I tried machine binding four or five years ago. Um, now I machine finish my binding on every gifted quilt that I make. Usually the only time I do hand binding or stitch down my binding by hand, I should say, is if I know it's gonna be judged in a quilt show. I really prefer the machine binding for quilts I'm gifting to be used regularly, especially quilts that go to kids because the machine stitching is hardier than my hand whip stitch is. So it's gonna hold up to more washings and more wear and tear. And then if you're gifting a wall hanging or a small table topper that won't need to be laundered, consider attaching your binding using a fusible product such as Steema Seam. It can be applied in the same way fusible applique is done and it will lay nice and flat. It's great for table toppers or candle mats. So I'm sure some of our listeners have some of their own fast and finish ideas and tips, and um, we would love to have them share them with us. Yeah, so if you have any tips to share, you can email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. And since it's the first of the month, we're sharing our last UFO number for this year, which you should have been able to figure out because it's <laughs> the only one you haven't done yet. It's 11. But we're starting a brand new challenge in 2020. So uh, keep listening in. We'll share details on a future podcast about how you can join in next year so you can finish all of your UFOs. Thanks so much, Doris. Thank you. We'll be back after this quick ad break. Welcome to Getting Social with Jess. I'm your host, Jess Ziegler. My guest today is Holly Lesway. She and husband Dave are the dynamic duo behind brands Stately Type and Maker Valley. Visit Holly on Instagram at Maker Valley. She has links to her shop with all sorts of good stuff in it like sewing-related t-shirts, sweatshirts, enamel pins, and of course, her famous scrappy fabric kits. As a long-arm quilter, I have been able to quilt tops made from her kits a number of times, and seeing these tops up close. I've just been blown away by the variety of prints and their fun, quirky nature. They definitely stand out. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Holly. Well, welcome to the show, Holly. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. I'm so glad it worked out to uh, chat with you about what's going on in your life and in your business. Um, could you give our audience a background of your like personal life, your quilting life, whatever you'd like to include? For sure. I am married and have four daughters. Um, we live in Utah and I have been sewing for, gosh, I should have thought about this beforehand. <laughs> I've like dabbled in sewing over the years. I took a sewing class my last semester in college and I was so burnt out and it was all apparel. I was really burnt out with school at that point. So I was just kind of like, you know, muddled my way through the class. I remember making a horrible button up shirt out of corduroy. That was my first mistake. <laughs> 
So <laughs> I think I kind of got scarred from apparel sewing at that point. But <laughs> when my oldest, who's she'll be 16 next month, when she was a baby, I, I just started making, well, actually before she was born, I started making just like flannel quilts where I would just fold the seams under and, and not even quilts, blankets. But I didn't have my own sewing machine. And then my sweet mother-in-law for my first Mother's Day gave me a Bernina. She bought me a Bernina and she, oh and it's like a little 125S. It's just like a little guy. And it was the best gift she could have given me because it just kind of allowed me to be creative more so than I would have been otherwise. And she told me I had to wait so long to get a Bernina and I didn't want you to have to wait that long. And it was really sweet. So it was a few years after that, that we were moving into our first house and I had all these grand plans. I had two daughters at that point. I had all these grand plans for the bedroom. And I, <laughs> I remember going to Pottery Barn and buying bedding for, for my daughter. And I got home and I was like, oh, I feel, I just felt sick. Like I was so, I never spent that kind of money on bedding, especially for a kid. And, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to take it back. I'll just make a quilt. That'll be cheaper. And then now we're like years and thousands of dollars later. <laughs> has not been cheaper, but it's been <laughs> great. It's been such a creative outlet for me. And so I kind of dabbled in it a little bit. And then my mom passed away about seven years ago. And at that, mm-hmm. after that, a few months after that, I really kind of threw myself into quilting and it just kind of became therapeutic for me um, to be creative and and then just being able to work and make beautiful things. And I love giving people quilts. It's like when I can make someone cry with a quilt, that sounds horrible, <laughs> but I'll tell my husband, I'll say, I think they're going to cry. And it's like, I mean, I always cry, but when sure. you get that, you know, receptive in that way, it's like, it just is the best feeling. So, it is, it um, is. but my husband in the meantime, so that was, so I started quilting and then my husband started a t-shirt company six years ago or about six years ago yeah last month and we were like a year into it or something and um lisa alexander from moda fabrics contacted me and asked if we would want to do a t-shirt for market for them and we were like sure not really knowing what it would be like and it was so huge it just like in three days we sold more than we made our whole first year and granted our first year was like teeny tiny because my husband still had his full-time job and everything but it was crazy huge. And so we were like, oh, let's let's do something. But then we were kind of still dumb in like not realizing the potential of it. His company, his brand is stately type. It was all originally based around states and locations and typography. So it was like a few years later that we finally spun my brand off because it just made sense with the the creative t-shirts and that focused on sewing and quilting. And we called it Maker Valley. We'd had this idea for this brand. And so that's when that's how Maker Valley was born. And so we do a lot of t-shirts and some sweatshirts for quilters and sewers, sewists, however you want to say it. And then we've also dabbled in enamel pins or they're super fun to do and some stickers. And I've written a few quilt patterns um, over the last few years and I'd had them in my head for so long and then I was like I just need to get these out of my head and into the world because they're just bugging me in my head so I did that and then like kind of the next year which was last 2018 I was like oh you know what I'm gonna just kit my own quilts because I want to promote them and I know what I like and so I want to make them scrappy for people and I had done kits like from my own stash the year before so I was getting because I have a ridiculous stash so I was like I just want to get through some of this fabric that I'm never going to use even with four daughters if they all became interested in quilting and sewing which I don't expect I don't expect to get through this in all of our lifetimes it's that much fabric so Which is not like a brag, it's kind of like... It's a reality <laughs> that you're dealing with. <laughs> a little bit of shame uh, I have associated with it. But anyway, so I was, I kind of did that and that was fun. And then I thought, I'll just start buying some wholesale fabric. And it just completely snowballed because once you open that, like it was just a floodgate. I'm dr- not drowning. I mean, happily swimming in the deep end of fabric bolts at my office. <laughs> 
So <laughs> I wouldn't say drowning, although sometimes some days it feels like it, but it's it's all good. It's beautiful. It's fun. Even now, my husband Dave's like, so what's the plan? Like <laughs> at one point I was like, I don't want to be a quilt shop. And he was like, uh, look around. Like that's what we are. But I want to do it a little bit differently than traditional quilt shops, whether it's brick and mortar or online, because instead of just selling yards, I, I love curating these kits. So and you're so good at it. Like your kits are amazing, amazing. There's so much variety and I feel like our audience really embraces Scrappy too. So we'll have to make sure to point them to your website so they can see what's available. Do you have, are you sold out at all the Christmas stuff yet? Well, I still have Christmas. Um, my, it's called Happy Christmas, my big Christmas tree. And then this year I made a mini version of it, which is like the cutest, most darling thing ever. And and I decided to do quilt kits for that too. So um, what are the dimensions of the the mini 24 by 36 I think oh, yeah. yeah it's fun it's just a fun wall hanging and I maybe next year I'll figure out how to make like pockets or something to hang below it to make it an advent calendar or something more fun but there are people out there that are plenty creative they do right. their own things anyway so yeah um I've noticed you have a Utah quilt yeah. I'm seeing the similarities like what you said the stately type is a lot about location and place yeah. the Utah one came about because last year was it last year 2018 we were gonna do there's five national parks in Utah and we were hitting all of them in one week and I had this idea like a few weeks before and I was like Dave I have to make this quilt so we can take it with us and take pictures in all these amazing locations and luckily he's really supportive when I want to take quilts I've taken a quilt to London before I've taken a number of quilts to Disneyland and he's so awesome and just he'll hold them up for pictures no matter what people say or think and it we get really fun pictures around the world or whatever in fun locations with quilts so that's kind of how the Utah one came about. And then I know I thought, oh, I should do these for all the states. And then I thought, except I'm only one person and I can't do everything. So, and a few people have actually done, there was like an Arizona one out there and an Idaho one out there. And I'm like, oh. go for it. More power to you. So yeah, that's, that's great. Really As part of your creative process, is it sitting down to write a pattern? Does that feel taxing and like yes. not fun? It is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I it's wondered not if you were thing. Okay. Um, and but I think it's because I get in my head so much of like I really want it to be easy to follow. And I but I don't want it to be too much and too wordy so that it like I just want it to be efficient. Yeah. So it's been difficult for me. Um and I need to be better about doing things ahead of time and like using testers and and that kind of stuff cuz that's the other thing is like I'm so afraid of putting it out there and there being mistakes and I know that that happens but as much as I can prevent is what I would like. So sure. it's not my it's definitely not a superpower that I have but and I you know it's not like I want to be like a full-time pattern writer but it is fun when you have an idea and you involve your girls a lot in the business too don't you yeah it's like the modern version of a family farm is what Dave says and so they don't super love it some are better workers than others it's really interesting like my youngest is is really a really good worker and our oldest uh she's well they're all on payroll but our oldest has been on payroll you know and she worked for us for the summer and so the other ones they work um just not as much as the oldest you know she's almost 16 so it is it's great and it's funny because my husband and I were talking about like just the different four different personalities and what each one would be really good at like we already have a tech writer like we have one that's so good at writing so she would be our writer and then my youngest is like (laughs) she's been called the little general (laughs) Like since she she just is like a rule follower, she is very serious, and um, so she would be like quality control. <laughs> anyway, so it's pretty funny, like in talking about you know working 
long term with them. But yeah, it's it's good. I I'm glad that we have something like this for them to do to see possibilities and just and just put in hard work. So yeah. it's been valuable for for in lots of ways. Good. One thing that I love about making the scrappy kits because I do think people have a hard time making things scrappy without overthinking it is I just want to empower people to just like let go of any inhibitions and just have fun and just make something beautiful and it doesn't have to be perfect and my husband's always like b minus work just do b minus work and finished is better than perfect right and so that's what I love about and like I do a lot of patchwork just simple patchwork because to me it's so timeless I'm not gonna look back and be like oh that patchwork quilt was is so 2019 like it just <laughs> right it transcends time and so I love the simplicity of it and I love like all the endless possibilities and so I that's one thing that I love about making these kits is just kind of giving people the materials and saying okay here you go now go make your own creation and and they do and it, it's so fun and so I love being able to do that and I just love fabric I love kitschy quirky like crazy Anything with a face, like if something's not supposed to have a face, but then it has a face, I'm, I'm all over it. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> um, you know, so I love kind of finding things that are just a little, like you wouldn't normally grab off the shelf and just putting them all together. It's, it's crazy and fun. So yeah, yeah. with our busy lives, yeah. I mean, we're not the only ones. There are people who are so bogged down in their normal day-to-day work that, to have a ready-made project that you can just yeah. open up, get started, get to the sewing, get to the right. like the therapeutic and fun part. Right. I mean, you're just shortcutting that for you know people to enjoy and have a good time. So I think that's, that's watching cool. a funny movie versus a scary movie to me. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like I tell my I was just telling my daughter this the other day because we watched What About Ball with our kids for the first time and oh. they. Like we were just laughing so hard and I hadn't seen that movie in so many years. And I thought, and I said to her, this is why I watch these kinds of movies. Cause life is hard enough. We're like, just give me something that's funny and, you know, or uplifting and just kind of lightens life. So yeah. let's just have fun with sewing and with quilting. Yes. Not, don't take it so seriously and love what other people do, whether it's your style or not. Like it's just all beautiful and it's all, it's so good to create. I'm sailing. I'm sailing. I <laughs> <laughs> love that movie. I know. So. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you again so much for um, sitting cool. down and talking with me. It was really fun to chat. Thanks so much for asking me. Holly was so fun and easy to chat with. I could have talked to her all day. We would have probably compared movie quotes and our favorite lines from the best movies over the last 20 years or 30. <laughs> Don't forget to look her up online. I'm sure you will need something from her shop to put on your wish list, or better yet, to buy it for yourself. You're a grown up and you totally deserve it. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Jess and I can be found on Instagram at Threaded Quilting. Thanks so much for listening and have a wonderful week. Before we leave today, I wanted to quickly highlight a review of our podcast. This review is from So Mom Nurse. She says, Every Monday on my commute, I tune into this podcast and look forward to it every week. Thank you so much for tuning in each week, So Mom Nurse. We hope it makes your commute on Mondays just a little better. So if this review is yours, please reach out to us at apqpodcast at meredith.com so that we can send you a little gift. And remember, if you love this podcast, please leave us a review. We may feature yours on an upcoming show.